This is Jensen, and you are listening to a Hint of Everything podcast. Hello, my friends. How the heck are you? I know you can't respond, but I hope you respond out loud. I hope you're doing great. Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of A Hint of Everything. I am so happy you're here. I hope you're happy to be here. I hope you're excited. I am so excited for this episode. I have been thinking about it. It has been festering in my brain. Also, side note on the word festering. Do you think it's a gross word? Because I love that word. I think it perfectly describes really, you know, letting something marinate in your thoughts. It's just, you learn about something and then you let it fester in your mind, like in your head. (laughs) But I was talking to my mom about it and she's like, that is a disgusting word. Sounds like you only hear of gross things festering, you know, like mold as it spreads. I don't know. I love it to describe something festering in your brain. I think it's a great descriptive word. I kind of forgot about it until my coworker recently said it to me. Shout out to Myra. Anyway, yeah, so welcome back. I'm so excited about today's episode, and I hope you are too, because it's a goodie. It is a goodie, but obviously, first thing we're going to do is we're going to do a little peach and pit. So, my peach and pit for the week, well, my peach... Ugh, again, I always have these peaches that are not like straight peaches. They're just like random things. A lot of times my peaches are like little peaches, like multiple little peaches. But you know what? I just have a lot of thoughts and I just got to get them out and they're my peaches. So my first peach is a podcast that I have rediscovered that I am absolutely obsessed with. I love it so much and I forgot. I forgot how good it was. I listened to it literally. How long ago did I listen to it? When I started listening to podcasts, when was it? I think it was at the beginning of COVID. That was when I really got into podcasts. And I started listening to this one a little bit, and then I kind of forgot about it. And then I rediscovered it in the last three weeks. I swear to you, I cannot listen to anything else. I will be staying up late listening to it because I don't want to go to bed, and I just want to keep listening to it no matter how tired I am. And the podcast is Office Ladies. If you are an Office fan you know, like the show, The Office, and you've not heard of this podcast, you absolutely need to look it up. It is so good. It's hosted by Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey, I think is what her name is. It's the girl who plays Angela and then the girl who plays Pam Beasley. And they just, it's like a whole rewatch. So they go through the entire series and they started, like they started the podcast back during COVID And they started with the first episode and every week they just, they go through a whole new episode. And I love it because they obviously tell stories that you can only know if you were backstage. And they also talk about different background catches and things and when people break character and you can see and you wouldn't really be able to tell if you were just, I don't know, a random viewer, but because they know all of the other actors so well, they're like, oh my gosh, you can totally see that this person is about to break. And then they talk about the things that were improv and things that were in the script. And then they talk about deleted scenes that they wish were still in there. And then they like share some deleted scenes. They talk about all the background stuff. It's so good. And they have other actors from the show and like writers and stuff on the podcast and they interview them. It is so good. And if you're not an Office fan, it might not be interesting to you. But if you 
love The Office just as much as I do, you will love this. One of my favorite things I keep doing too, <laughs> it sounds so, I don't know, it sounds dorky, maybe weird. I don't know. Maybe it's not. More, more than anything, it's probably just time consuming, but it's fun for me. So I do it. I'll listen to their podcast and I'll listen to, they'll like talk about different timestamps of when things happen. And then I'll go in and I'll watch that episode up to that timestamp. And then I'll go listen to the podcast for a few minutes. And then I'll go back and watch the show up to like different timestamps. And then it, oh, it's so fun because then you get so much, you get so much more out of each episode. I love it. Anyway, that is my first peach. I just love it. My second peach, well, I don't know if it's peach. It's kind of somewhere in between. It's in the gray area of peach and pit. I don't know if you knew that that existed, but it does. There's a gray area between peach and pit, and that is where this falls. And it is that, I'm sure you've heard it, they came out with the announcement a couple weeks ago, and it's that HBO Max is going to do the Harry Potter series over. And I just don't know how I feel about it. I love Harry Potter. I love the books. I love the movies. I just love it. I love it so much. It's like one of Cole and I's things together. I'm sure it's so many people's like special things, but Cole and I just love, love it together. And we both, we will watch the entire series, all of the movies every year, at least like four times, like all the movies all the way through four separate times. We love them. And we also read all of the books together while we listened to them on Audible. And then the second we finished the last one, we started them back over. Maybe that's obsessive, but I don't know. It's just something we both enjoy so much together. And I don't know how I feel about this whole HBO Max thing. I'm sure so many other people are also worried about this. I'm just afraid they're going to ruin it. Also, it's really soon. Like the actors are not even, not even in their mid thirties. Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson and Rupert, Gr what's his last name? Grant, 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 something like that. Anyway, they are still fairly young. So it's weird to me that they're already redoing it. It's not like the technology was bad in the last couple of movies. Like the technology has definitely held up to watch it now. So I don't know. I think there's there will be advantages and there will be disadvantages. I'm nervous, but I get it. I mean, I get why they're doing it. The people want more. The people want more Harry Potter, but the, the creators... The people behind all the Harry Potter, I mean, I'd say J.K. Rowling, but there's probably so many other people involved. They tried with the Fantastic Beasts, and it was, it's, Fantastic Beasts is pretty good, but I don't think it's anywhere near the caliber of Harry Potter. Everything with Harry Potter is amazing. Fantastic Beasts was just okay, and I think they were hoping that it would be the caliber of Harry Potter, but what, it didn't quite hit it. And so they're like, well, let's just remake the movies because that's, that's the best we could do. I think they should do like a prequel or something or make The Cursed Child, which I think is like the sequel to the series about Harry's son. And then maybe, maybe in like, I don't know, 40 years. Oh, maybe that's kind of a stretch because whatever. Maybe 20 years, another 20 years, it'd be safe to remake the series. I don't know. I just feel like it's too soon. Kind of afraid they're going to change too many things and it'll be weird. It'll be weird to see the cast that's not the cast that we know. You know, everybody knows Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter. Have you ever seen a movie with Daniel Radcliffe in it and not thought, oh, it's Harry Potter? Like, that's just, that's who he is. It's part of who he is. It would just be weird to see somebody else as him. Anyway, though, that's my, that's my gray area of peach and pit. For this last week, at least. Okay. Any pits? No, don't have any pits. If anybody's interested, I started another new book because I told you guys how much I love Big Magic. I started 
the book Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. I've heard a million things about it. So many people have talked about it. Started it last night, read for three hours straight, and it was so good, and I love it. Okay, well, let's get into the, let's get into the topic for today because I feel like I'm just rambling on with a peach and pit. Okay, the topic for today is based on one of my favorite pieces of advice that I ever heard. I don't know if I heard it somewhere or if I read it. Regardless, I love it. And what the piece of advice is, is done is better than perfect. I love that so much. Just just that phrase has like changed so many things in my life and changed the way I see things and the way I do things a lot of the time. I, I'm sure that many of you out there are perfectionists. I feel like most of the people I know are perfectionists. Actually, you know what? Here's my opinion. I fully believe that every single person on this earth is a perfectionist in their own way, in certain things. Obviously, not all of us are perfectionists in the way that we dress, or not all of us are perfectionists in the way that we cook, or in the way that we clean our room. There's so many different roads you can take with that. We all have things that we're passionate about that we are perfectionists in. There are some people that will try to perfect nearly everything they do, while others will only try to do some things perfectly, or like a few specific things that they're passionate about perfectly. Regardless, for those of us who swing more towards the perfectionist in every sense side of the pendulum, we hold ourselves back from trying to achieve our dreams and our goals because we're afraid we will not do it perfectly. I am a victim of this. I know so many people that are victims of this. They're like, oh, if I don't have all these perfect resources or if this isn't perfect or if I don't do this a certain way, then I'm not going to do the thing at all because it's not going to come out perfect or I'm not going to be proud of it or it's not going to come out the way that I want it to. But let me just read you a quote from Elizabeth Gilbert. I talked about it the last couple weeks. One of my favorite new books is called Big Magic, written by Elizabeth Gilbert. And a quote from her book is, the only reason I was able to persist in completing my first novel was because I allowed it to be stupendously imperfect. I pushed myself to continue writing it, even though I strongly disapproved of what I was writing. That book was so far from perfect, it made me nuts. And that's the end of her quote. And my thoughts are, there's only so much time in a day and there's only so much time in our lives. And honestly, all we can do is our best in the time that we are allotted. And then we have to let go because after that, it's out of our control. You can't please everybody. And with whatever you do, like whatever creative thing we do, again, I am very passionate about the fact that everybody is creative in their own way. So many people are like, oh, well, I'm not creative. All I do is, I don't know, I'm like really good at math, but I'm not a creative person. I'm calling bull crap on that. I think everybody has different areas of their life that they're more creative in. Like you have to be creative in literally everything you do. Whether it's being a manager at work, you have to be creative in the way that you lead the people that you're leading. Or if you are trying to solve a problem when you're making dinner, you have to be creative in coming up with a solution. There's just, there's creativity in everything you do. And yes, some of us will do things that are, that are seen as generally more creative things like writing or painting or pottery or graphic design or whatever. But I believe that everybody is creative in their own way and we all do things that are creative so we can all become more creative. Like everybody has things that they want to try out, want to pursue, like different ideas or things that interest them or things they're curious about that they want to look more into. And sometimes they are held back because they are afraid that if they try that thing and they don't do it perfectly, 
then it'll all be a waste. So they just don't do the thing at all. Another thing that Elizabeth Gilbert said in Big Magic is that, well, okay, so a little backstory. She is a writer. Obviously, she wrote that book. She also wrote the book Eat, Pray, Love, which is like a really big book if you haven't heard of it. And another quote was that she loved, and it kind of goes along with this, is that a good enough novel executed now is better than a perfect plan executed never. So take that for for what you will. But there are so many people out there that do not finish things. They'll start an art project or they'll start writing a book or maybe they start toying with a business idea, but then they don't pursue it because they think, oh, well, I don't have all the right resources that would make it perfect or I don't have nearly enough time to put in the adequate time to make it perfect. So they think the time that I have isn't enough time. So I'm just going to put no time in it at all, which I think is crazy because you have some time like you can make time. She even talks about in her book, like there were times that she'd wake up at 5 a.m. just because she knew she wanted to write this thing. And so she just said, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. and spend an hour writing this book. And here's another little thing that I was thinking about while thinking about this whole concept. I know that there are books and TV shows and pieces of art and songs and dance pieces and movies and pretty much anything else that involves some aspect of creativity that you or other people would revere as perfect. I mean, just like think of the most beautiful song you've ever heard. Or if you're a dancer, think of the most beautiful dance you've ever seen. Or maybe you love to cook and think of the most delicious and the most beautiful meal you've ever had or ever seen. I can guarantee if you ask the creator of that particular thing, they would point out a million things about it that are not perfect or that they would change especially if they have continued to grow and progress and create more after that. If they're a choreographer, they've choreographed more dance pieces after that. Or if they're an artist, they've created more art pieces after that. Those people, I'm sure, especially those people, will be able to tell you all the things that were wrong with that one piece that you revere as perfect. I was talking about the Office Ladies podcast earlier in this episode. And one of the things that was so interesting to learn about from their podcast and about the office, the show, is all the things that went wrong or all the things that they changed as the show was being written or as the show was being filmed or edited. There's so many changes, like from the idea of the episode to the writing, to the filming, to the editing. There's so many things and so many changes that go on. Like the the first draft is so different from the final draft. They oftentimes interview and ask questions to some of the writers and directors from the show and ask them about particular episodes and the jokes and the dialogue that were included. And when these writers and directors look back, a lot of the times they say that they would change certain things if they could or they would do things different. And even though to me, some of these episodes were comedy gold, like they could not be more perfect. I think of some of my very favorite episodes of The Office and I've listened to The Office Ladies podcast episodes about them and some of them they've had like the writers on or they've talked about things that they've changed or deleted scenes and it's crazy because I watched that episode and I think to myself, there's nothing wrong with this episode. This episode is the most hilarious thing ever and I love it, but yet the writers and the directors and everything, they always say, oh, well, we did this and I kind of wish we would have done this or we wrote it this way, but we ended up doing it this way. Or maybe the actors will improv something and change it for the better or change it for worse. Also, on the podcast, they interview some of the actors from the show. And many of them have mentioned that if they were to go back, 
they would perform certain episodes in a different way. And it's just crazy to me because in mine and many of you, as I know, out there's opinions, pretty much the whole show is so beautifully hilarious and it's a comedy masterpiece. Yet the creators and even the actors and the directors and everybody will always be like, oh, well, if we went back, we'd probably do this different or I would have changed this thing. And one episode in particular that I think of is they rewatched the show episode called Scott's Tots, which if you've seen the show, you know how funny it is and how cringy it is. And honestly, it's one of my very favorite episodes because it makes me laugh so hard when I watch it. But they had BJ Novak, who is one of the writers of the show, but also the actor who plays Ryan Howard on the podcast. And he talks about all the mistakes of the episode and all the imperfections. But I love that episode. I love it so much. It's, it's, it's just crazy to me because he talks about all the things he wants to change. But whenever I watch the episode, I am so glad it is the way it is because I think it's just perfect the way it is. Another thought that I had that kind of goes along with this is that some of the pieces of art that I love the most or that are the most perfect to me are the things that are imperfectly perfect and their imperfections make them perfect. And I know that sounds so, so cheesy, but hear me out. The first example that I think of is a YouTube video that is a live performance of the song Home by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. It's a very popular song, but to me, it just never gets old. I'm sure you've heard it. If you haven't heard it, I'd be very surprised, but Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Anyway, I have easily heard the song at least 7,000 times in my life, but I still love it. There is a live version of the song on YouTube and they are literally recording it at some like music festival. And I think it's backstage somewhere and you can literally hear another band playing music on a stage somewhere in the background. And the recording is so funny because they'll casually start talking in the middle of the song and then they mess up and they'll even change the lyrics a couple times. And there's somebody playing a kazoo in it, but I love it. It's my favorite version of the song. I don't know why. It's just completely and perfectly perfect to me. It's just, I love it so much. And if anything were different about it, I don't think I would love it as much. And it's crazy because so many people would probably look at that and be like, oh, that's not perfect. Especially them compared to their studio recording of the song. And then that recording, people would definitely say the studio recording is perfect, but I don't know. I love how imperfect it is. It makes it more perfect to me. I just love it. Another example is something kind of similar. There's a recording of the song Rivers and Roads by The Head and the Heart and it's live and they're just literally hanging around this little lake and they have only a guitar and some maracas and that's it. And then obviously they're singing voices, but again, that's it. Just guitar, maracas and themselves. And it's just my favorite version of the song because it's imperfectly perfect and like you can hear the background noise. I I don't know something about it. Just, I love it. What I'm trying to say in this is that don't let imperfection hold you back from doing something. Nothing you will create will ever be perfect. So just don't worry about it. Just worry about doing it and doing your best. And sometimes your best won't be the absolute best. And that's okay. Getting it done is better than it being perfect. Just trying something. And then as you continue to do it more and more, and you continue to do more projects like it, you'll get better and better. And then you can look back to your first project you did and be like, oh, wow, that was really bad. But what I'm doing now is actually something that is a lot closer to perfect. Another thought on all of this is not everyone is going to like what you do or what you put out or what you try to do. But who cares? 
create it anyway. If it's something that you are really wanting to do, then just create it. If there's a want or a desire to do something inside of you, don't let the fear of imperfection and especially the fear of not being liked by everyone hold you back. I have another very cheesy but very true quote for you. I'm sorry it's so cheesy, but I think of it all the time because it's so true. You can be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world and there's still going to be somebody who hates peaches. And that's by Dita Von Tesse. Probably not saying that name right, but I don't know how else you say that name. I think fear is a really big motivator of perfectionism. I know it is, at least for me. I am horrifically afraid that if I do not do something absolutely perfect, that people aren't going to like me or that people are going to think I am bad at what I do. And I'm always afraid that if what I create or do isn't perfect or nearly perfect, which in turn leads me to not complete it, that people will think that I'm a tryhard or that I'm a loser. And that just seems so embarrassing to me. Like how embarrassing would it be that I go around telling everyone that I'm a dancer or I'm a baker and I don't even, I'm not even good at what I do. That's just, that seems so embarrassing to me, but who cares? Who cares? Going along with that, I have another little slice of wisdom from our girl, Elizabeth Gilbert, and that is creative entitlement. We all need to have creative entitlement, and I'll explain what that is. So obviously, entitlement usually has a negative connotation, but creative entitlement is different. Creative entitlement means that you are entitled to be able to create anything you would like to create. You are allowed to be here. You are allowed to be doing and creating things and doing what you want to be doing. If you want to be a writer, you are entitled to be a writer. If you want to be a painter, you are entitled to be a painter. If you want to be a dancer, you are entitled to be a dancer. If you want to be a singer, you are entitled to be a singer, even if you're not that great at singing. This whole concept takes away from self-doubt and self-destruction because you know that whatever you create or do, you're allowed to be doing that thing. Anybody who has ever become great at anything had to start somewhere. You have your own voice and you have your own vision and you have your own ideas for whatever creative thing you're wanting to do. Creative entitlement is not saying that you're the best at something. It's just saying that you are able to do something. You're allowed to announce it to yourself and you're allowed to announce it to everyone. This, this one is really hard for me because it's the whole idea of imposter syndrome, I think. I don't know that much about imposter syndrome, but from what I gather, it's that people are like, oh, I don't really believe that what I'm doing, I'm actually doing it. So I don't know, maybe somebody has a really popular YouTube channel and they don't really believe that they're even a YouTuber because it just doesn't feel real. You are allowed to be that thing. Creative entitlement is not saying that you're the best at something. It's just saying that you are able to do something and that you're allowed to announce it to yourself And you're allowed to announce it to the universe and to everyone. You are a dancer. You are a writer. You are a painter. Even if you've only painted one thing, you don't need somebody else to tell you that you are something. And you don't need to be the best at something just to do it. Just because Mike Trout is extremely athletic and a really talented baseball player, it doesn't mean that somebody who plays high school baseball is not a baseball player. Does that make sense? Or just because the poetry that you've written is not as easily recognizable as Shel Silverstein, it doesn't mean that it's not poetry or that you are not a poet. You can do whatever creative thing you want to do and you can be that creative title even if you aren't the best at it, even if you've only done one tiny little thing. And who cares what other people think? Even if other people don't like what you've created, it doesn't mean that you didn't create it. I don't know. I really like learning about that because even having a podcast 
it feels so weird and I feel so weird telling people, oh, I'm a podcaster because it just, it's, it seems silly. I think because I don't have that large of an audience, it just feels silly to tell people, oh, I have a podcast and my mom listens to it, Cole listens to it, and a couple of my friends listen to it. But you know, that doesn't mean that I'm not a podcaster. It doesn't mean that I don't spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours every week editing it and recording it and planning it and all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? You are allowed to be whatever you want to be. You don't need other people to tell you what you are and what you aren't. So there we go. One more quote from our girl Elizabeth Gilbert on this subject. And it is, I never promised the universe that I would be a good writer. I just promised the universe that I would be a writer. So to finish off, I just want to say that every single one of you listening to this is so unique and you are so special and you have so much potential and you can literally do anything you want to do. Who cares if it's not perfect? News flash, it's never going to be perfect. What you do will never be perfect. Even if it's a perfect idea in your head and you just can't figure out how to execute it in real life. I feel like there are times that I'm like, oh, I have the perfect idea for the best thing. And no matter how I try to do it or how I try to execute it, it, I just can't get it right. I'm like, why do I see this picture in my head? And then I try to paint it in real life and it looks horribly crappy. It's okay. Just do it anyway, because the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Done is better than perfect. The more you do it, the more ideas you'll get and the better you'll become. So yeah, that's my soapbox. Done is better than perfect. Go listen to the songs I talked about before. I link them in the show notes. Also, I've said it once and I'll say it again. Go read the book Big Magic because it'll inspire the crap out of you. It's so good. Anyway, I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Let me know what you think of the episode. Go give the episode a rating and a review. Go tell your friends to listen to the podcast. Share it on your social media if you want. You guys are all just the best. Keep it real, you know? If you do something creative, tell me. I would love to see the creative things you do. I love finding out about hidden talents from people. Not even if they're hidden, but if they don't talk about them or have never known that they do a certain thing, especially if it's something creative. Like if when I find out that somebody plays an instrument that I didn't know about before, it is the coolest thing to me in the whole world. I just love it. It's like such a cool talent that you wouldn't know about somebody unless they perform it for you. And I love hearing about that. And I love finding out when people like to do certain art or they like to paint or they like to do pottery or I don't know, all people's little habits and interests, not habits, but interests, curiosities and things like that. I love hearing about that. So I would love it if you told me the things that you like to do creatively. Just tell me, just send me a text, send me a DM, tell me what you like being creative in. That sounds like horrible grammar, whatever. Anyway, I love you all. I hope you have the best rest of your day and go do something creative because you are a creative person. And there's your hint of everything. Love you. Bye.